So, and now in Brussels, I'm in a hotel, so I can't really make uh, Nepalese food. Although the artist next door to me, um, he was making some nice curry rice in a rice cooker. And I was like, I'm Asian. I don't have a rice cooker. What's wrong with me? <laughs> and he was cooking it in his hotel room. Like, <laughs> Oh my God, seriously? Yeah, torture. All right. Yeah. Okay. Torture. All right. All right. <laughs> Yo, you're chilling with Dal Bhad Power with uh, Amaz Dumi and Sandy and Andy. All right. Andy. All right. You forgot my name. It's the, our name is supposed so to rhyme. Sorry. It's all right. It's all right. Okay. No worries. We're selective here. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dal Bhad Power, a podcast about inspirational Nepali stories. I'm Andy. I am Sandy. Yo, what's good? This is Amazumi, um, and my, well, Nepali name would be Samnima, and um, I am an artist currently based in Belgium. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. Your Nepali government name, right? Yeah. <laughs> See, I always like to coast, especially after shows. Honey, can you get my coat while I sit and reminisce and tell you about my days? I wanna that was Amazumi, and she's a Nepalese rapper based in Belgium. My early years was always going back and forth, which I don't remember much of, but it's going back and forth from Hong Kong to Nepal. So I spent a lot of uh, years in between, and... Um, and eventually made my way back to Hong Kong after I did a year-long education in India. So I did that in uh, journalism, and then I continued my studies in Hong Kong. But all the while growing up, I was always sort of in bands and in drama or whatever it is, um, in extracurricular activities. That was kind of the thing that I was always involved in. Um, I also remember getting this... Um, I think it was a Fender. Uh, it was a guitar from my dad's brother, youngest brother. And um, that was like, you know, my first sort of brush with just making music. And I just learned a few chords. So I remember that. And then just being in these different bands, uh, being in an all-girl band in, in Shuatara in Nepal. And when I went back to Hong Kong, again, I was playing in different bands as well. So eventually what happened was... Um, when I made my way to England to study documentary filmmaking, um, I ended up meeting a bunch of really cool and inspiring people. So we were all, all gathered inside a university accommodation house for the summer. And um, we were literally just having fun and they were organizing um, an event. And I think it was called Top Event UK. So it was with Laksha and Lex. Um, oh, okay, she- yeah. oh, yeah. All of those people. So, you know, you're in a circle full of dancers and videographers and photographers. And then there were MCs. And uh, there was a particular MC from Belgium called Masticush. So I met him there and um, I started to become really interested in just the art of MCing because I've loved expressing myself since an early age. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that was kind of my trajectory is that when I found that art form, I was so, so hooked that I continued. I tried to lay down my first rhymes, which sounded like nursery rhymes, to be honest. But, you know, you got to start somewhere. (laughs) And uh, so I was fortunate enough at the time to have um, a MacBook Pro from from my parents because it was was meant to be for video editing. But I ended up using it more for GarageBand and then started recording myself um, and eventually made my way to um, Ghent, which is in Belgium, purely out of curiosity. 
you know, uh, it was not like I had no sort of uh, long term plan for it. But I fell in love with this city called Ghent straight away because my first impression of Ghent was uh, a jam session. Like that's the first place I went into and it was just a small bar and there are a couple of different musicians who were just, you know, playing the drums and the guitar and the bass. And then, and then there were a couple of MCs joining in. Mm-hmm. So that gave me like impression, an impression straight away of what sort of a, a vibrant and thriving culture there is here. And it, it, is a, it actually is a good representation of what Ghent is. It's a very young city. Um, and so what happened was I ended up staying. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so uh, Ghent, those people ended up becoming my family here. You know, I ended up making a family of amazing, cool friends. We, That's uh, cool. Hmm. Yeah. So I think it was the right supportive atmosphere for me to start incubating my ideas and uh, I ended up pursuing music more seriously here. It became my neutral slate, like a neutral canvas. It was like, I knew nobody here. Um, I mean, nobody except uh, Kush at the time and um, everybody else was, yeah, it was just new people that, that I connected with. And it was a good starting point for me to just like do what I wanted to do without the, the added responsibilities or, you know, expectations that I would have if I were to be around family or um, a community that I'm uh, familiar with. Do you want to talk to us about taking part in, was it DNO in Belgium, the competition? Oh, right. You guys know all about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes, it, it was the Neuerlichting. Sorry, first um, of all, what is DNL? If you can explain to someone who doesn't know what that is. Um, well, the newer means it's it's actually literally what it sounds like. The new lighting, I suppose. Um, okay. Licht, Licht means light in Dutch. Mm-hmm. I may be wrong about it. They might have like a, a symbolic or like there might be a metaphor for this. But it literally to me translates as a new lighting. We'll just take your word for it and yeah. get, you know, mis, <laughs> miseducated. Take the chance. Take the chance. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the new lighting is um, a nationwide competition for musicians and I it was like my second time entering the first time I entered I was under a different uh, name called Zulu Moon okay so my previous manager had put me in there and then I had got in for like in the it was like a semi-final round I was in but then the second time around I made it to the finals so then I was already Amazumi wow okay. um, yeah, so uh, because I was a finalist, I got to perform with the other finalists in uh, Abbe, which is Ancien Belgique. And it's one of the largest sort of uh, music platforms. And there's a lot of uh, big performers that come there. And I, was, I remember thinking to myself, oh my God, Kendrick Lamar performed on this stage where I am. Wow, So yeah. for me, it was huge, like... I know it's just the finals of the competition, but it meant something to me. It was a funny moment, actually, because it was like a revolving stage and really felt like I was uh, as a because the the artists who are getting ready for the next performance are behind the person who's actually performing. So, you know, Mm -hmm. the stage of connected. And then as it turns around, it felt like I was in a pageant for some reason, (laughs) (laughs) like waving my hands of the people um but yeah it was a fantastic performance i didn't win but um it was such a good gate opener it literally gave me the exposure that i needed to um to launch amazumi and my new ep which i did a release uh, here in ghent 
And then I, um, I, yeah, after that, I went on tour, I think the entire year with uh, my DJs, Armzulu, and my, uh, my fellow MC, Owen. So that was quite a good run. This was 2017, right? That's so cool. So was it a televised show? Oh, yes. It was, it was heavily televised. So it was on national TV in uh, Belgium, right? Yes, yes, it was. Oh, that's so um, cool. And you know how, as Nepalese, right, you, you know, anything someone does, that's so cool. We're totally behind yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm going to have to now, Sandeep told me about this, but I'm going to have to actually look and scour the internet, YouTube for all this stuff, right? Yes. Well, yes. more power to you. Yeah. We forgot to ask you your take on Nepop. What does Nepop mean anyway? Mm, I feel like Nepop is a, an incredibly fast growing community now. And I feel as if like, we're really helping each other grow. Um, and me being exposed to the Nepop community or sort of being inducted into the Nepop community, because I never, you know, that was never my intention. I just made music and that was it. And uh, But having this community means that you have this full support of music lovers, hip hop lovers who are constantly inspiring each other to put things out and I, I feel like it's it's fantastic how how it's growing it's just exponential um and now you have uh Nepal just growing about in, in about any other every other country which is fantastic because of Nepal I guess I've come to uh find some musicians in Belgium who are also Nepalese and making you know all kinds of music so mm-hmm. um yeah I don't know what was the question again <laughs> I digress. Okay, yeah, we all we've all been there. Um, you kind of answered it anyway because, um, yeah, you did. I think, right, Sandy? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah kind of. Okay, we'll take. I kind love of. this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. We we want an answer, but we're not sure if we want all of it, right? So, um, and then we had another question that we skip. We usually do this. It's this coming of age, you know, like you know, you see the movies and films and everything, right? Does I I think your parents are pretty uh, modern and thinking and progressive. I think or. Uh, <laughs> In the community, does anyone go? Koyli biar gornia, you know, like yeah, you know, exactly. what's going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, don't worry. My my mom throws in the the occasional like koyli, like when when am I gonna have grandkids? So she jumps right there. She jumps straight <laughs> to the grandkids. straight to the point. Okay. <laughs> yeah, straight to the point. But you know what that means? Like she doesn't even have to mention the fact that yeah, you need to get married before you have kids. Oh, like yeah. that's that's something we all know. <laughs> jump the jump the step, right? <laughs> Jump steps. It's unspoken mm-hmm. agreement, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, they're very—they're definitely you know forward-thinking, um, and they're very open to everything. But I believe that even you know, even if you're not Nepalese, I think you kind of want to continue your uh, lineage. Although you know what, kids today, I feel like a lot of us are thinking about whether it's a good thing for the for the world to bring in a child and um, to add to the population and, you know, with, with the climate crisis yeah. and all that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great that we are actually considering the choices that we make and we're not just, you know, boom, there's a baby like, right. and, and then mm. do something about it. So um, I think that's pretty cool. But like my parents, um, they don't really pressure me. My mom just does the, you know, kind of guilt trip. <laughs> all right. So, Amazumi is one of those rare gems you find that you don't hear of. You hear of Nepop, right? 
But right now, Nepop, I haven't heard a female rapper. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, yeah, yeah. For That's me, what I was thinking as well. Yeah, for me, you stand out, and I've listened to your music. It has a certain style to it that I like. We can talk about that later. But Sandy, take sure. it off. What, what are we going to go? We're going we're to hit you with hard questions, right? Some you <laughs> might be uncomfortable with, and even us. But then again, you know, that's the kind of journalism that we do here. So. <laughs> So why hip hop? I mean, why did you choose hip hop? Because you said you'd been in various different bands, but I mean, why did you pick hip hop out of various other genres? Um, I think it was not so much a moment where I picked it. I think it happened very spontaneously. Um, everything kind of, um, like all of the different moments in my life amounted to it. So what I mean by that is when I grew up, I was, this, you know, I was around um, bands in school that were playing Rage Against the Machine covers. Um, we were listening to a lot of new metal back then, which has an element of rap. And yeah. Linkin Park, obviously one of my favorites too. So for me, that was already a great introduction to, to rap and then merging that with the, another genre that I love. And for me, to be honest, um, I don't really like to categorize myself into any particular genre, but it is what it is. Like I've, I latched on to the art of emceeing because it uses... Um, words and I, I love the the whole thing about being a wordsmith and uh the background that I have which was in journalism was actually tv journalism it was still a verbal expression and I since like, I can remember I've been recording my I've, I used to tape myself a oh, lot okay. talk, talking okay. and and um it's all sort of come together in a way where um yeah, yeah I think that's that's probably why I ended up naturally um getting attracted to, to this art form um, because it, it's, it's like the freest, I, I feel almost like this is the most liberating um, forms of expression for me. Okay, so you say you taped yourself, right? So what does that enable? Because I know, I know Sandy, well, I don't know for a fact, he's a bathroom singer, right? And it's like stepping on a cat's tail, right? That's the kind of sound you're gonna get from him. But you, when you say you taped yourself, as a wordsmith, what does that do? How does that well, help? What does that do for me? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Like, I think it's it's a lot of practice that you you end up doing if you keep continue to t uh, tape record yourself. You also hear yourself um, when you rewind it, and and you're able to kind of see it from a different perspective because you don't often hear yourself. And when you have tape recordings of it, you can see the progressions. For example, you can see what sort of um, for, for example, if you're talking about rap, you know, um, what sort of rhyming schemes do you usually use? How does that evolve over time? Um, but like what, what I mean by when I used to record myself, I used to actually read out a lot of uh, articles. I used to read them out loud. I used to um, tape like radio, uh, uh -huh. radio shows for my parents. So mm -hmm. I, I, I used to literally like send uh, voice messages on these tapes to my parents because they were in Hong Kong and I was in Nepal at the time. Okay. And I used to do a lot of commentating. So I used to imagine myself being a commentator. I used to even commentate at a basketball game. Okay, uh, cool. Cool. So I used to do a lot of these different things. <laughs> you So you were into that. That was your kind of thing from an early age then. So... I suppose I never yeah. thought about it, but when I look back, it's just weird that um, it all sort of comes full circle. And so I look at these tapes and it goes all the way back 
to probably when I was like, I don't know, I can't even remember. I think it's less than five years old. No, it's definitely, um, I was younger than five. I think it was around, I was probably three, four years old and I was blabbing away. Um, and I would describe situations around me. And this is like when my mom used to take me so that my dad could hear it when he was in the army, when we were not together. Um, and I would be singing, I would be bossing people around. <laughs> but the, the, the main theme <laughs> that ran through all of these tapes was that I was always commentating on something. Okay. Um, telling stories about like where I went to Darjeeling and met this uncle and this auntie and wow you know it's just amazing to actually still have these tapes and I'm sampling them I've actually sampled one of them for a song a new song called The Ancients okay wow and okay that's very creative cool yeah it's a little baby voice of mine and um, my mom's just asking me what my name is and I'm just saying Sumnima so it's really cool that I get to use these as samples for my uh, music that's insane. That's great. Um, so, I mean, I like the fact that you said when your dad was in the army, you'd record your monologue and you'd like, <laughs> is this, is what, 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 what years are we talking about? Are you emailing this or is this, are you sending tapes? Or? It's a tape recorder time, is it? <laughs> it's a tape recorder time. Okay. Well, at least when my mom was recording it, they literally did it from a stereo. So, okay. Um, okay. That's, yeah, and then it yeah it continued on and it evolved as the technology evolved. I'm so sorry about my cat. Oh, okay, to- the limelight. All right, okay. Mm-hmm. There's competition there. Okay, you're from Nepal. I'm assuming that you grew up in Hong Kong because you said that right, and you moved to the yeah. UK, and then you're you're based in Belgium in Ghent right now, but you studied in India. So apparently, you're the UN, right? You've been around. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about that. I mean, how has that molded you? What is it? What is your experience been going through all these countries that you've been in? I think I've just been very lucky to have met some great people along the way. And um, they have truly molded my experiences as a human being because it's when you get exposed to different cultures and the, the, you know, the different ways of thinking in different countries and different pockets of communities, it does make you a very open person. And um, you don't you you don't become set in your ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Like this is how I see the world. No, there are multiple ways, multiple universes. I mean, multiple realities in which people see the world. So in that way, it has totally helped me to become an open person. And I think um, I suppose my advantage, but also my boon, is that I would never feel like I totally belong anywhere necessarily. Mm-hmm. Although I feel home in many places. So it's kind of like, um, it, it, yeah, it's up to you how you see it. Sometimes I think there is a part of it where it's like, it is possible for loneliness to creep in if you feel like you don't belong anywhere. Because everywhere you go, you're kind of the new person or you're kind of the person from somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. And um, But at the same time, I really embrace it because it's like I'm kind of fresh to them. You know, it's very refreshing for them to have somebody else from a different culture and a different background. I mean, go, going back to your family being here, how, how have your family kind of reacted towards your career, I guess, career choice? In, because it's in Asian, I guess, in, in, in our culture, thinking that's not a traditional career path one would choose, right? Because everyone yeah. wants you to be a doctor or an engineer or something along those yeah. lines. Yeah, my mom still thinks I'll go back to reading the news. I mean, that's <laughs> she kind of poses that question every now and then. But um, I think like over the years, it has changed. So 
it definitely wasn't the way it is now. And when I started off with um, making music seriously, well, I see, that's the thing. Like I never even decided for myself, like this is the moment I am becoming serious about music. It sort of just happened over time, Mm -hmm. but when it was happening in front of their eyes, so they were in Hong Kong and I was in the UK and, um, and I started, you know, putting out some songs and uh, I remember them, like they, they were supportive of what I was putting out, but I knew for a fact that they never thought this was serious, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it was still a hobby. So pretty much like them thinking, not oh, just this them, is just a phase. Out. It'll go away. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm a person who's gone through many phases in my life. So they yeah. literally thought this is another phase of her. Phases and places, right? Absolutely. Um, but it was, you know, when I started to um, get a bit of more exposure and it, it, I don't know what it is about just being on TV or um, may, perhaps like making a tiny bit of name for yourself overseas that I don't know if that gives some sort of validation to what you do, <laughs> even if you put in like some years of work in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of changed things for me. I think the new lifting was definitely a turning point where um other family members relatives took notice and they would show support so um up until that point you know it was still like okay she's gonna go back to uh whatever it is that she was doing in the past Mm -hmm. so um and then you know when i whenever i came back to the uk I'd, i'd show up at gatherings and there would be uncles and aunties coming to me saying, Oh, my son listens to your music. My daughter listens to your music. It's really cool what you're doing. And I would have never imagined that sort of reaction because I think the world was also changing accordingly. We Mm -hmm. were suddenly having an influx of artists who were pursuing these, um, these paths and we're able to uh, because we have the resources available now, you know, we're at a point where we can build our own fan bases. You can tour based on that fan base. You don't necessarily, the backing of a very huge label you can make your own if you want to so because it was all sort of like in tandem they were all in sync with each other and and people started to believe a little bit more in my music and now it's like i have more people saying i hope you don't stop doing what you do than the other way around so it's of a beautiful thing to see that process happen that's really cool because that's uh encouraging because you know especially within our culture right as sandy said right there's this uh you know traditional thinking there is yeah you're breaking the mold um and it's also good that you touch upon like the democratization because of digital disruption of music right everything can be exchanged digitally you don't need a medium like you said a record label or, uh, or per se right is that part of the big change that you see that where people can pursue careers because there's this digital platform now in the world where everyone has ex- access to you know markets and everything absolutely i mean it's it's not only that like you also have access to softwares you can easily download and start making music like that was a it was a big thing um, before all of this happened as well, um, when it became so much more accessible to mm. just anybody with uh, with a Mac mm. or, or actually any computer, to be honest. Right. You could use Fruity Loops or... Uh, okay, let's not discriminate here. Macs or PCs, okay? <laughs> Are you a Mac or a PC? It sounds like she's a Mac head. Fanboy, fanboy, they say, right? See, I, I was never intentionally Mac. Like, it just happened. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was the same for us, don't worry. <laughs> so uh, I have an iMac now. I don't really have a MacBook Pro. So I, uh, yeah, I work on that, and I've uh, I've got Logic and Logic now. Even like if you look at the software as well, 
Logic used to look so unuser friendly, and now it looks like the, if you look at the interface, it looks like GarageBand, which is oh, does it? Very I haven't used it for. Yeah. I, I mean, well, I've used recording. it for about eight years now, probably. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably you know it's been it's that long. Like yeah, it, yeah, um, and I think everything is geared to the user experience to make it as friendly as possible, as easy as possible. So, I think the key word here is that everything has been made for convenience and yeah. and to make it accessible so yes that changes the game for for everything i mean so does that mean i mean because you mentioned logic and mac does that mean you create your own loops in music as well well i've dabbled a little bit in um i actually started doing that in my phone once Mm -hmm. uh, because i I was traveling i was at very long hours and um, i literally had the time to sit down um, on the bus or on the train and yeah, hack away at the different samples and loops that were available on GarageBand. And so, I, yeah, I made a couple of beats myself. I haven't gotten any further with it, but I would love to pursue that in the future. Um, it's a work in progress, right? It's a work in progress. That's yeah, a good exactly. thing with, I, I guess that's a good thing with Apple products, right? Because it it, it uh, lets out, uh, it helps you let out your creativeness, yes. I guess, because they've always had the GarageBand and, you know, iMovie and yeah. various things. Sandy, do you work for Apple or something now? What's going on here? We've been talking about Macs <laughs> and all this Apple software and you're saying that. No, I mean, I mean, because if you look at it, all the artists generally work with Macs, don't they? Okay. All right. Or yeah. Apple products, yeah. All right. Okay. All right, then. Um, so talking about music, then what influences idols? Okay. We're going there. <laughs> um, I have influences new and old. I think... Um, one of my one of the influences that has stayed with me over the years has been uh, Rage Rage Against Machine. Okay, and, um, they're still so relevant today. Like if you listen to their music, it still makes sense today. It will never, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you'll forever stay okay. relevant. It, it's then, very political, isn't it? Yeah, it is actually. That's, oh, yeah. that's key as well. The the narrative is very political. I think besides that, I would have like. For um, rapping, I was very much inspired by Queen Latifah, okay. and um, also in just the way that she carries herself. And um, when I first heard um, her song "Unity," I did a cover of that with oh, okay. my own rhyme. But I just did the the hook the same, and and then I put my own verses in there. So that was kind of my my opener. Um, and then um, today. I think I would have to say, um, what am I listening to? Like, I listen to all kinds of music. Um, Spirit Box, have you heard of the, the band? Mm-hmm. Nope. Can't say I do, but um, yeah, explain about what, what is Spirit Box? Enlighten us. Spirit Box, I would say they're more progressive rock metal. Um, and there is a particular song called Holy Roller, and it's so damn groovy. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, you know, and, and then we have... Um, Chance the Rapper, who does more Christian rap, well, gospel rap is what mm-hmm. you call it, but he has a very offbeat flow, which I get inspired by. Uh, speaking of offbeat, there's also No Name. She used to be called No Name Gypsy, but now it's just No Name. Um, and there's like a nice Chicago scene, you know, they all kind of start out as spoken word artists, and then they have these offbeat flows, and it's pretty cool. So, okay. Chicago in Atlanta is awesome. Um, Atlanta, but of course, yeah. we have our own Nepalese artists as well. And um, I That's know what I was going to ask you, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have Yoda, who I've worked with before. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on a track called Vamp. And, uh, but it's been a while since I've seen him. I'm always so inspired by the, the kind of um, 
quality music that he puts out. You know, he really works for a while and um, and then puts out an album and it's always epic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I've, I've discovered a couple of other female MCs as well. There was one from, uh, I think she's from Northeast India. I don't know if she's Nepalese or Northeast mm-hmm. Indian, but she's kind of been in my radar now. Her name is Mary, Mary, Mary J. So you kind of write it as M-A-Y-R-E-E. Jay and um oh my god like she's insane she's 16 oh wow wow <laughs> she's mm-hmm. dropping fire and i know that she has so much potential and we connected recently i'm just like oh my god i need to keep connecting with more of these ladies in hip hop because it's been a while and i haven't i would love to see them on the map so um i hopefully i can put them all on a record with me together yeah. And put out. So uh, besides her, there is um, Smriti, Smriti Vishwakarma. She's gone to, uh, with different aliases like mm-hmm. Pluto uh, mm-hmm. or Kami. And um, she, I, I think hands down, like she's an amazing lyricist. If you go to uh, her YouTube channel, she's, she lays pretty low. Um, I think she's also been through a lot in life. And I feel like that also, you know, leads her to write these amazing um, storytelling rhymes. And there's one called Untitled Maze. Um, so if you just look up, uh, look up Smriti Vistokarma, you'll find it. And uh, she does, uh, uh, yeah, her entire rap is in Nepali, I think, on that song. And it's so touching. Uh, she's uh, she's quite a gem, and I really hope that she will okay. come out with more things. Female representation in nep hop, especially right. Like if we look at the international scene as well, I think Cardi B was is, is blowing up, and you know before you said your inspiration was Queen Latifah. Now when I listen to your tracks as well, you're very versatile because I hear songs you know like really dark and heavy. Like how do Kane is that Street Fighter? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah, I thought so, right? Adu Kane, yeah? You put the coin in, you play the arcade game, right? I think you got, you know, you got music that's got like heavy 808, you know, um, Battle Royale, all that, you know, all the bass, big bass. And then I listen to Moods, and is that autobiographical? Still so much I want to do, want to be an animal vet. One day when my head's turning gray. Yeah, you wanted to be a vet. That is so cool. It's feel good. And, you know, it, it has this kind of aspirational thing to it. And you totally switched it up. You can, you know, you can sing, you can spit, you know, you can do all that stuff, right? So, and what are the struggles being a female Nepali rapper? Um, I think in the beginning, I really didn't get much attention, but I think I was still, you know, paying my dues. I was, I was putting in the work. I wasn't that great. I mean, everyone has to start somewhere. But um, I remember the support just growing over time. And so recent, as of recently, like I, I heard from a friend of mine in Hong Kong, um, that you know he he was telling me like yeah introduce her well he the the other kids they they get really surprised to know that i know amazumi and i'm like what people in hong kong know about my music like i haven't really that's promoted cool. my music mm-hmm. yeah and i was Sick. like whoa okay that's a that's kind of significant for me you know that's the that's the place where i grew up but I never really promoted my music out there. I haven't really, I have performed there before under a different name, but it was literally like a small bar and that was it. And I didn't know that there was a following there. And it, yeah, I think like I get messages that with people um, totally dissecting my lyrics and, you know, asking me, is this what you meant? Um, Very personal stuff as well. People saying that it has helped them through a certain part of their lives or, oh, it's inspired me to, 
you know, rhyme as well. And it's not just females, it's also males, like both anyone and everyone um, who's, who's reached me has, um, has gone out of their way to show appreciation. And um, I, I feel like the, there is a huge support that I'm feeling, especially now. And I think it's grown over the years. It's, it's pretty much like homegrown. It, it hasn't, it's not. It's organic. It's, it's like, it's on a very personal level, yeah. which I always make it a point to reply to everyone. And some people get really surprised that I actually reply. <laughs> um, In this day and, and age, I, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I don't give a generic reply. I really like think about what I'm saying and um, I try to connect with everyone. So, yeah, in terms of support, I felt it, man. Like at June Festival, um, I think a lot of people didn't actually know who I was. Some people actually think I'm Japanese because of my name. Oh, okay. And okay. I remember some, some, some girls like uh, after B-Fest, um, they'd see me on stage. I'm sure I said a couple of lines in Nepalese. But um, when I went into the bathroom and there were some girls like giggling and coming in and, and she, they were like, are you Japanese? I was like, are you serious? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I think there are a lot of people who, who don't know my music yet. But then at the same time, I feel like it's come to a point where um, they, yeah, they, they know Amazumi. And um, I'm very grateful that, uh, that I have this kind of support around me. Okay, um, that's good to know. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned... Uh, I mean, you're getting recognized in more places and there's following, I guess, growing everywhere. (laughs) So do you have any plans in future to, I guess, tour different countries or visit different countries with a high number of, I guess, following among the Nepalese diaspora? Absolutely. I think like what it is with with my type of music um, is that, that's a weird way to put it, but I feel as if... um, I would probably be very happy just to even put a small tour and and um, play in small venues and very intimate venues, which I really love. Mm-hmm. I prefer intimate, small venues to big stages. Big stages are always cool, but at the end of the day, I feel like I, uh, I can connect more with people on, on a smaller scale. And um, I have been talking to some people from Nepal, for example, um, to put together a tour soon so that I can put my new EP out and release it there. So there, there are definitely talks and some opportunities coming along the way to make that happen. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think Nepal is definitely on the list. And while I'm going, while I'm in Nepal, I'd actually love to go to Sikkim too, because okay. I've had people approach me from there. And, um, you know, my dad grew up in Darjeeling, so it's ah, okay. kind of close to, you know, his heart as well. So I think that will be, very cool to to tour around that area, um, and then obviously like communities around the world. To yeah. be honest, yeah. don't really uh, mind, but I think the the first stop I would love to make in Nepal because it's been a while since I've been there, mm-hmm. and um, I, I have a lot of requests from people just asking like, when are you coming here? Yeah. So if when if and when is possible, oh my god, I would just yeah, I would just yeah. waiting for the lockdown to end, I guess. Yes. And yes. The pandemic. That is- yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you so, know, I mean, it was going well, yeah. But then now suddenly they're on lockdown again. Are they on lockdown? Yeah, we've just gone into a lockdown, uh, a lockdown since so, last couple yeah. of days. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, do you have any, uh, for a- anyone looking to, for any young people, I guess, you know, kind of looking to get into the industry, uh, do you have any words to say, especially to probably females? To females? Um, I think... 
it's important to be very resourceful. Um, I think, but this generation doesn't really have a problem with that, to be honest, but to not be afraid to continue to network and that the more exposure you have, that will will obviously be better for you. And um, so to not shy away from collaborations, you know, you have an opportunity to collaborate, do it because you get exposures Mm -hmm. um, in different fan bases. Sure. And I that's a way to build yourself up. You know, I, I had a time where in the last, like in 2018, 19, I had to come to the UK for family reasons. I felt like I lost my momentum there, but I never stopped collaborating. Cause you know, I had the opportunity and I could have just said no, but because I continued to collaborate, that gave me the exposure that I had needed um, for okay. different people to get exposed to my art. So mm-hmm. um, collaborations are a huge, huge thing for me to uh, propel yourself forward. And um, yeah, and, and to just continue working on your craft. Oh, I think yeah. that's, you have to pay your dues. Recognize for your craft for being Nepali, not Japanese because of the ethnic <laughs> ambu- ambiguity, right? Yeah, so collaboration is key. And also you, you give individual replies to uh, not copy and paste replies like I would to the fan base. I don't have a fans, by the way, but I would say the dog ate my homework <laughs> to anyone who replies to me on social media. I don't really have a huge fan base. So I think it gives me the privilege that... Yeah. It affords me the privilege sure. to actually be able to reply to people. I think one of your fans that I read of was Marvika Super, and she said, you're going to be the next big thing is what what I was reading in the social media feed. And I was like, oh, wow, God. cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool to have their, the, the support from um, uh, the people out there because, yeah, I mean, that's it helps me, right? Yeah. Like in every way possible, whenever they share something and they show support, it's like, okay, um, you're kind of, it's, it's good, good enough for you to want to share it with, okay. with your people. So, yeah. I'm still stuck in this thing where it was hilarious where they said, you know, they thought you were Japanese because of your name and everything, right? And I see your f- uh, video moods, the visual on yeah. moods, right? Here you are in your house, assuming with your mum and dad, and you're eating tsana, tsotpote kind of salad, right? How Nepali? That's not Japanese. That's pure. You're representing Nepal, right? I don't know where they're going. You know what? What I appreciate the most is when people notice these things, like these details. You know what I mean? Like that really gets me. (laughs) That's when I know, like, okay, it was interesting enough for someone to notice these things. Sadly, just Um, don't wait for the hooks, man. Look at the devils in the details. (laughs) Come on. All right. But um, yeah. Okay. So one question I have for you is, which is pretty important for people listening. And if you've just found out about Amazumi is that um, where can we listen to you? How can we access your great work? (laughs) Shit. These are some hard (laughs) questions. Um, So you can actually find me on Spotify. All right. Okay. Spotify, you can, but I have to re-upload some some stuff because I sort of like I had a management and they kind of stopped being the management and you know how it works. Like you, uh, they have a subscription to a distribution service. um, Okay. Um, and um, so, yeah, they were uh, unsubscribed. And so some of my um, songs actually came off of Spotify. Oh, so what okay. I have to do is actually re-upload them. But there are some still there. And if you look for Amazumi, you'll see features on other tracks, which I really love as well. Like um, there is some, uh, there's an album called uh, Grotesque by Matlovsky that I'm mm-hmm. a part of. And I'd love for people to listen to that if they haven't. Um, but that comes up in features. So Spotify, um, YouTube, obviously. But now I'm also on a new platform called Noodle. Noodle. And oh, okay. 
yeah, and it's really for uh, Nepalese listeners, uh, the Nepalese communities to get exposed to good quality uh, music from uh, Nepalese musicians around the world. So you have everyone from Bartika, uh, Jerusha, um, Underside, for example. Um, yeah. um, it's actually an app that was made by musicians for musicians. That's so you amazing. That's yeah, amazing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you heard it first on Dalbat Power, okay? Exactly. Unless you're listening to this five years from now, right? But you heard it first. So do artists directly get paid in Nepal? What's yeah, the so they have, they, they get directly paid, obviously, with, with your choice of how you want to get paid. It's all in the artist's hands, how they want it. Um, you can also sell your merch on there. Um, and uh, you have like crowdfunding. I think that's that's something that they help the artists with as well. So you can actually find Noodle. Uh, I think it's called Noodle by Rex on um, Instagram and you can okay. just download on the app. Is it a Nepali and app? It's a Nepali app. It's, an, you know, it's, uh, I guess, I, I, I really don't know if they have it in uh, Nepalese, all of their, their texts. They're in English as far as I know. Okay. Um, what what I like about this app is, oh my God, you need to look at the detailed reviews they've done on each song, each album. And it's just like, it blew my mind. And this was the first time somebody's actually reviewed my EP in such a detailed way. Like you noticing that Chana, <laughs> it felt like um, somebody actually intently listened to it. And okay. I appreciate that. So it gives people um, a good idea of what the album is about, uh, who the band is and what every song might uh, be interpreted as, you know. So if you check check that um, app out, it's really like you're supporting the musicians directly. And that's something very important. Um, and I hope that uh, it will continue because... Well, thanks know. for that top tip, right? Yeah, noodles. We wouldn't know. Yeah, we'll definitely get yeah, that. We'll, we'll get that. Get that. Noodle, put that yeah. in. Noodles made for Nepalese by Nepalese in China. No, the last bit's wrong, right? Because uh, <laughs> no. not everything's made in China, right? So, yeah. <laughs> it's noodle. It's noodle. not noodles. Noodle. Okay. Noodle. I stand corrected. Noodle. All right. No fake noodle. news here. Yeah. All right. It's noodle. All right. <laughs> okay. This is a new ep- the new podcast, right? Yeah. Yep. But like, do you plan to have this in the future with actual dial bots with the person you have the podcast with? Yeah, that's that's, a, that's an interesting idea. That's an awesome idea. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you talk about dial bot. Like, it's making me want to have dial bot because I haven't, <laughs> yeah. I haven't had Nepalese food in so long. You have no idea. Are you are you <laughs> like quite far away from like Nepalese restaurant or? You know what? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Like, there's one <laughs> Nepalese restaurant here. And it's not that great. <laughs> okay. To be and the one that really served good Nepalese food um, is gone. So oh. I really have no um, choice but to make it myself, which I haven't because I've been going here and there. So, and now in Brussels, I'm in a hotel, so I can't really make uh, Nepalese food. Although the artist next door to me <laughs> in his room, um, when I went in there to, to have a listen to what they were making, um, he was making some nice like uh, curry rice in a rice cooker. And I was like, I'm Asian. I don't have a rice cooker. What's wrong with me? <laughs> and he was cooking it in his hotel room. Like, <laughs> Oh my God, seriously? <laughs> yeah. But the thing is that the, so this artist residence, they've literally reserved the fifth and the sixth floor of the hotel all for artists. And okay. so, yeah, it's, it's been around for months now. So we kind of do what we want. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so it's it's pretty cool. Okay, yeah. and um, I guess final question, our signature question, actually. Yes. So, what what do you prefer with your dal and bath? 
I kind of knew that was coming. Dal bat sito. Oh my god. Okay. I know it's some sort of tarkari, but you know what I really love is those you're going to be surprised. You know those soy balls? Masura. Masura. Like those yeah, really squishy little <laughs> squishy little soy Nutella, balls. Nutella, Nutella. Nutella. Like, yeah, oh Nutella. You tell your fella Sandy that is Nutella. <laughs> All right. Let's delete that part. Yeah. That was that was uh, pretty, you know, desperate. But so Nutella, okay. No, keep it. All right. <laughs> okay. Um Thank you. It's been a pleasure. This was fun. Yeah, all right. right. And uh, have fun in your uh, what was it? Your thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have fun. What do I No, think, no, you said you're doing artist. You doing. <laughs> no, no, what were you doing? What did you say you're doing? Artists Artist residency. residency. So they yeah. yeah, they just give you a space um and so we have the space for a month and then you get to do what you like whatever projects you have going on, you work on it, you have the chance to collaborate with whoever is in the residency. Okay. People make kinds of different music. There's an in-house producer, um sound engineer if you need any help. Um That so very yeah. It's super cool. Like they're doing this because it's an initiative they did for because of what's going on and it's for the cultural sector to revive it to help artists out um during these times. Yeah. So even if it means like for me to Brussels is not that far from Ghent. Like I can take a 30 minute ride on the train. But um being in a different environment immediately inspires you to like make stuff, you know? Yeah. That happens. Um and the fact that whenever you're making music and you take a break like from your window from the next room you can hear people uh, them working on their music so it's like it's such a buzzing atmosphere like you just want to continue um, building your stuff building mm-hmm. your music yeah um, and really spontaneous cool, yeah. happens, happens so yeah i'm glad you're doing these amazing things more power to you yeah. um, hope to hear more music hope, from yeah, you soon hope to hear more stuff are you coming out with more stuff Oh yeah, so I'm working on this EP called Riot and that's what I want to finish uh at this residency okay. and hopefully take that overseas like that would be awesome. Cool, cool. Let's hope this uh pandemic ends pretty soon, sharply and then, you know, we can see, you know, you live somewhere. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Do you make music too, by the way? Um, I used to make music. I'm a retired uh musician of sorts, yes. Okay. Yes. So I kind of felt that you were. I dabbled in the triangle, you know. But um yeah. <laughs> I hear the word smith in you. <laughs> yeah, we're we're both musicians. We used to play music in high school in Hong Kong as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That would be fun to watch. Yeah. Maybe um at a family dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Torture. All right. Yeah. Okay. Torture. All right. All right. It's been great talking to you and uh thank so, you for your time. Uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Thank you definitely. so much. Yes. Absolutely. I had no idea what to expect because I was in a, a rush as well, but this has been awesome. Like I love Dalbat Power. That's yeah. the podcast name, right? Yeah, yeah that is, yeah. right. Cool. Are you are you heading to uh, UK anytime soon? Um, I might if I have to bring the puppy All right. to the Don't worry, UK is not a deaf sentence. I yeah. th- I heard you say before as well you you know, you had to come here and then you slowed down or something. <laughs> We're going to send you to the UK. I'm going to Nepal No, we're going to send you to the UK. Right? <laughs> How do you latch on to these things? You're really quick. <laughs> Lala, thank you so thank much. You. We'll let time. you uh, get along with this stuff. Yeah. Yes, thank you again, guys. All right, cheers. cheers. Lala. Bye.